0: Welcome to The Debrief Podcast with Matt Brown, the podcast where pastor and author Matt Brown debriefs your questions about Christianity and current issues shaping our culture. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Debrief Podcast. Yeah, it's good to be with you.
1: How long has it been since we've been together?
0: Oh, my birthday. Yes. December Third week of December.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was
0: Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas. I came to see
1: your son play basketball and you weren't there.
0: I was not because he's JV. I didn't North know that. City. You didn't tell me I'm that. I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> I'm literally sitting in the stands and I'm like, I'm like, what? And and then no one wanted to tell me.
0: Oh, no. They were like,
1: her son plays JV. And I'm like, oh. I'm so sorry. Yeah.
0: I was going to text you that day because yeah. I remember you said you wanted to go. But yes. then I was like, but I thought maybe you were recording your book or something. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to bug him. Yeah. But I should have bugged you because. Yeah. So sorry. I was I
1: was sad not to see you or your I'm son. I'm
0: sorry. Yeah, he's JV and that is a game they actually won. I
1: know. Yeah.
0: It was from the Lord actually. We were all interceding because Amen. we just needed
1: My son went through a rough stretch. They in I think his first year in varsity, they lost like 20 games in a row. Oh my god. Yeah, it was so sad. There was one other team in his league that lost every game and at the end of the year they played each other the last game and it was like a championship game. <laughs> Like the two biggest losing right. programs and my son's team lost Oh
0: no! and
1: the ref blew it. So our guy shot a three pointer and the ref didn't see where his feet were. So he called it a two and it was right in front of me. And I told the oh. ref, I go, he was two feet behind the line. And he like, as the parents are getting their pitchforks, the ref right. looks at me, and goes, I didn't see it.
0: Oh man.
1: And it's just like, dude. And they, they escorted the, like our, our kids won <laughs> one game and they escorted the refs out. Like it, this, it was
0: that was horrible. It's
1: crazy. I always tell myself I'm not going to lose control, but it's it's crazy when it's your kid.
0: There's a local school that I will not name the city, but it is a blue zone. Okay. And the refs were so old. Wow. They could not make it to the under other end of the court. So they were calling nothing because oh. they could see nothing. So the parents are like, it was there. It was horrible. Yes. But poor ref, I mean, he could run, but it wasn't. He hmm. was very old. I know. It was very interesting. They have a
1: hard time getting refs. And I don't blame them because yeah. they're so criticized.
0: And the, I mean, the family's get. Oh, failed.
1: I know. I've been, I, I have lost control. You know, I have been, yeah,
0: I yell at refs. I actually yell at kids more and that's not good. I think I should yell at the refs and not at the student. Mm. Like, stop hitting my
1: kid. Yeah, I can't uh, my, do I have a good friend of mine. Um, <laughs> he goes to the Grove, but he got banned from oh. going to games. He's a parent. He was not allowed to go. Like, if he showed up, they would escort oh, him out.
0: no so yeah. emotional. Yeah. I know. It's when it's your kid, it's like. Isn't that funny? It's your kid. Okay. We've got some great questions. Mm-hmm. Excited. All right. So our first one is from Belteshazzar. Yes. From Brea. And Dude. I hope I said your name right, Belteshazzar. I feel good about it. I, I think so. I, it's got to be biblical. Yes. It's biblical. Mm-hmm. It's, you know. Yeah. Daniel. Okay. So <laughs> there have been unethical things happening at my workplace. When I bring it to my boss's attention, the conversation just circles back to her decision being her decision. My question: If I'm praying for change in the workplace, and another Christian, my boss per se, mm-hmm. prays in exact opposition to what I'm praying for, does my prayer not seemingly being answered mean I'm wrong?
1: No, I don't think. I don't think. Um, I I think he's conflating two issues. So, so one, you know, you're you're asking God for prayer, and so here's the thing that we need to understand about God: God does not subvert human will. So, so if I'm praying for my boss to change. What I'm praying for God to do is to violate the principle of freedom and then choose for that person. So I say it this way: God calls, but never courses. Mm-hmm. So um, now that doesn't mean that He does not occasionally act in human history, like He does with Pharaoh, like He does with Pilate. But that is to orchestrate His plan concerning Jesus Christ. And I don't care who you're listening; you're not Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I heard this. Someone came up to me. Um, you know, because this person really struggled with David losing his kid in the Bible because of his sin. Mm-hmm. And they said, would God do that to me? And I said, well, are you the king of Israel? Right. And so here's the thing that you understand, the greater the recognition and the greater the position, the person, the greater the accountability. Mm-hmm. James says this, those who lead will be judged tenfold, those who do not. Mm-hmm. So everybody just start praying for me right now. Okay. So because when God puts you in charge, and I'm not the king of Israel, I'm not David, a God, a man after God's own heart. I'm not a guy who wrote scripture. Mm-hmm. So when David sinned, Jesus uh the Lord Jesus man corrected him uh mightily and 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 that's hard for us but so oftentimes when we read the narratives we 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 kind of identify with the king it's like you're yeah. not the king so so here's what I would say is Belshazzar is that his name Belteshazzar Belteshazzar there we go um what I would say is I would change your prayer from God, is this where, from change her is to, is this where you want me to work? Mm -hmm. Because I would never work at a place that's unethical because ultimately, even if they're not Christians, it bothers me that this person claims to be a Christian, but even if they're not Christians, ultimately that will come back to bite them. You cannot, this is literally what they teach. Um, Didn't you apply at Harvard or Yale or something years ago? Oxford. 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 So even at these elite schools, the reason they teach ethics, and this is so sad, Mm it's not because it's right, it's because in the end, the reason they teach ethics in business is because in the end, your business will go out of business if you're unethical. Mm-hmm. They, they they preach it from a purely business perspective, not because it's the right thing to do, mm-hmm. but because ultimately, that being good and a man or woman of your word and acting ethically, ultimately in the long run, is the best thing for your company. Right. Um, and that's sad.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So. Ultimately, you know dishonest managers, dishonest uh, business practices, ultimately, it will end in disaster, and you don't want your name established with anything like that. And so what I would do is I just I would just apply somewhere where ethics matter and people want to do the right thing and are excited about you know what they do. You know I have a friend of mine who um, sells cars and, and that's his living and he's made a great livelihood. and his slogan is doing right things right. I love that. Because in the car industry, people are known for shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And he just said, we're not going to be that. We're going to do right things. Right. And mm-hmm. at the end he says, even if it costs me money, I'm going to do the right thing mm-hmm. because I know that that person's going to come back. Yeah. And and that's how it works. And so people who take shortcuts ultimately cut themselves off. So I would say, you know, I would start praying for your boss. And and if, is it a she?
0: it th- no, I didn't know. Ooh, yeah. I, it doesn't really wow.
1: say. I, I put that right in there. Didn't I put the evil on the woman? Forgive me. <laughs> um, what I would say is I would start praying for this person because... Um, oh,
0: it is a her. Sorry. Oh, okay The conversation circles back to
1: her yeah okay. I thought th- decision I thought a... being her decision. I right, see I wasn't yes. I was a misogynist there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what I would start doing is praying for conviction for her. Yeah. So it's not that our prayers cancel each other out. I, I, don't, I don't know where you've gotten that theology, right? So, you know, God doesn't say, well, this person's praying for the right thing. This person's praying for the wrong thing. It's not like voting. Yeah. You know, where you, your spouse, one votes Democrat, one votes Republican, it cancels them out. God hears both prayers. And ultimately, God's never going to answer an unethical prayer. You know, um, God's going to answer our prayers that are ethical. You know, God will not do what is inconsistent with who he is. Mm-hmm. So God acts in according, you know, why does God not lie? Because lying is inconsistent with who God is. Why does Satan lie? Because it is consistent with who he is. He's not only a liar, he's the father of lies. Everything that Satan says is a lie. Yeah. And... Um, so what I would just start doing is praying that if this person's a Christian, and I would maybe carefully say something like this, hey, I know we both are Christians. Can you help me understand why you feel like this is okay? Because I'm really struggling with mm-hmm. it. And, and and come at it from a perspective, because you could be missing something. Maybe there's something you're not seeing, but maybe if you're right, this person will be convicted. And then I would just say, it's really important to me that we do what we both agree is right. And so don't see, see what I did there? You, I'm making it not me against you. It's important that we both agree that this is right. Mm-hmm. And so then in your time, really pray in your heart, maybe you're, because sometimes, you know, we can, we can assign value and ethics and morals to our opinions. And so we have to be really, really careful that we don't assign moral value to preference. And so I'll give you a huge example of this. Like you and I are in our traditions. It was a moral value to dress up for church.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Well, actually, when Paul writes to women, Mm-hmm. he says when you come to church leave your gold at home and your fancy clothes he says the exact opposite don't wear fancy stuff at church how on earth did we get that so twisted so it's our preference that we dress up for God but God's preference is that we come real and we don't make poor people who have bad clothes feel uncomfortable um, so so that's kind of the thing is and so, and, but, but it's okay if somebody says well I just feel like I, I need to dress up for God okay that's a preference but that's not a moral issue right that it's not a sin issue. It's just um, like you dress the way that you wanted to dress today. I dress the way that I want to dress today. And as long as we're both clothed, right, it's good. <laughs> right? Um, you know, I, and, and so that's the thing is, you know, like sometimes at Sandals we'll have, um, you know, usually it's women, sorry, but, but not always it's too low cut. I'm seeing too much breast. Like the last thing I want to see when I'm preaching is some woman in our church's mm-hmm. breast. Like, I don't know why you're bringing those things, but I have to say, we did have a guy that was trans and he was wearing a G string. And I said, look, you're welcome to come to this church. You are not welcome to be a distraction. Yeah, absolutely. he said, and this is what he said. Here's how I'm bringing it back. He said, "Well, this is what I feel comfortable in." I said, "Well, but it's making me uncomfortable." Mm-hmm. So, you, so, so, so that's when preference becomes a moral issue, mm-hmm. because just because you're comfortable in something, if it makes every, we got to be really, really careful with that. So, it's not always, you know, super, super clear, but you got to pray through that because, you know, like I'm getting old enough to now to see, you know, how my son is dressing, and now all of a sudden I'm, I'm my grandpa. You know, I'm thinking, and and it's because boys didn't dress that way when I was a kid. Well, I'm not a kid anymore. Things have changed, and so is that my prefer- preference, or is that a moral issue? And my go-to is to make it a moral issue, yeah. and that's that's just wrong. And we have to be so careful that we don't label something sin that's preference. Yeah. Um. And and this is why the church is so messed up. It's already hard enough to live a righteous life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's not throw stuff. Add extra rules. Yeah, or... extra rules, because and 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 ultimately that's what happened to Judaism. Look, I mean, I just would have voted, hey guys, I feel like 613. I feel that's, like that's good. <laughs> I feel that that's good. We don't need another rule, but they just went overboard because they felt like they had to interpret those rules rather than saying, hey, we, we got to work this out. I mean, guess They didn't have the spirit of God. Let's let the spirit of God work this out and try to help us make the best decision. Mm-hmm. They came up with these crazy rules where Jesus gets in trouble because he heals somebody on the Sabbath. Right. And um, and he points out their hypocrisy. So So what I would say is really, really pray through that and just ask the holy spirit confront me if this is my preference cuz it could be a preference thing well i i've been taught to do it this way well okay yesterday's solutions oftentimes are today's problems i've watched at sandals people have a hard time changing they have a hard time adjusting and they oftentimes dig moral ditches and it's just a preference issue and you feel you feel out of touch so um and i'm at that age now where i'm constantly having to check myself on that okay you know times have changed um you know, my kids now are the average age of our employees. I'm the old guy, so I have to look at that. But if it's a moral issue, if it's lying, if it's stealing, right. if it's cheating, you know, those are the things that you you really, really have to be clear on because in the end, and everybody listen to me, you can go to jail if you know that you're ripping people off. And you can't just say, well, I wasn't in charge. Look, if it's criminal what's happening— you need to do something about yeah. that and and you need to say that. So, and then ultimately, if it's a preference or moral issue, what I would do is say, "Lord, are you leading me somewhere else?" Mm. Um, you know, and, and I realize those are tough tough issues, but I think what we all tend to focus on is God, how do you, how, how are you going to change someone else rather than God, where do you need to change me? And so that's what I hear a little bit in uh, Belt Shazar's request. Yeah, that's so, really good. But yeah. So good. Thank you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we have another one, Lynn from Idaho. Mm says, I recently heard a minister on TV say that Satan impregnated Eve, and that's where Cain came from. I had never heard that before, and I was wondering if you have any thoughts about that.
1: Yeah, that's uh, pretty much heresy.
0: Yeah. I I read that question, I was like, I don't—somebody's—
1: Yeah, I would love for you to write in and tell us what channel that is and what pastor that is, because I'd be curious. So, um, I mean, now, you know, the internet, right? Everything's truth, so— I, I mean, I he just, was on
0: TV, and it had the, you know, yeah. the gall. I don't
1: know. I uh, yeah, just because somebody has a microphone in their mouth doesn't mean they have a message. So just just be really really careful. I mean, that's that's about the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. The, you know, the Bible is pretty specific that Adam lay with you know yes, Eve, Eve, and she gave birth to Cain. Right. I mean, that's what the text says. So <laughs> right. what this person is saying is, or or at least what your interpretation of what this person is saying is that is not true. So. Uh, that is not true. I've, I've actually never heard, I've never heard that.
0: I've never heard that so. either. I don't, maybe she's thinking about like me and my daughter had this whole conversation about Nephilim. That's mm-hmm. what happens in mm-hmm. our car on the way to school. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they're new. I mean, it's yeah. somewhere after those yeah, chapters, She, she but could have nothing to that. do with yeah, Eve. That's
1: great. So there is a chapter. Uh, yeah. so that's chapter four when Cain is birthed, I, I believe it, are the Nephilim chapter six? I so I believe it's Nephilim 6 and it says that the that the the sons of God uh lusted for the daughters of men Correct. and had sex with them. Right. Uh and they were called the Nephilim. And so nobody knows what this word means and you can go right. down a whole internet like
0: rabbit trail on that.
1: Yeah, yeah, rabbit trail on that. But basically it's like it could be translated the falling ones, but mm-hmm. that's if our understanding of Hebrew today is the same as it was when sure. that was written. And so that's part of the problem. Like, if you think about the word gay today, if I said the word gay, and then I said that in the 1950s, same word, same I, English yeah, word, but we're going to have a very, very different <laughs> understanding of that. And the same thing happens, um, you know, with Christians. And so oftentimes with the Nephilim, they'll go to the book of Enoch mm-hmm. and they'll go, well, this is what it says. Well, the problem with that is the book of Enoch is maybe a 1, 1,500 years later than Genesis. So all that means is the Jewish person that wrote the book of Enoch that's what he believed the Nephilim it. were. Mm-hmm. But, and Jesus does quote the book of Enoch. So that that is true. But it ultimately, the book of Enoch is not ratified and considered scripture by Jews or Christians. Mm-hmm. It is rejected by both. Um, that doesn't mean it doesn't have any purpose or meaning, but we have to be really, really careful when we're on TikTok and they're like, oh my gosh, this is what it means. So it sounds like maybe she got some things confused. So, so write back in and let us know if we're misunderstanding yeah. your question. But- Genesis chapter six is incredibly, incredibly difficult to understand. What are the nephilim? People mm-hmm. think they know, uh, and the fall I think is is fallen, and and the way you make something plural in Hebrew is you add em. Mm-hmm. So all, all it means is the the fallen ones plural. So you just so like God's name Elohim,
0: right?
1: You know you could translate it God's, mm-hmm. which we know it's not, but um, and that's why in Genesis one it says let us mm-hmm. because it's referring to a plural noun. So um, so that's what I would say. And so if you, if you have more questions on the Nephilim, you know, I would glad, be glad people to throw my. People thought
0: they, that they were here like a couple weeks ago in Miami. Remember when the.
1: Oh yeah. That? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then I heard about it again and somewhere in South America, they were like, are these the Nephilim? And I yeah. was like, oh my gosh, people.
1: Yeah. What people love to do is they love <laughs> to gravitate and cling on to the most confusing passages of scripture yeah, so true. and say, you know, this is, this is what this means or this is who it is. And so you know, we can walk through it in another episode, but I would need to prep. I'd need to go back and read through, uh, you know, Genesis 6 again. Genesis. But the way that I kind of understand it is, you know, I came up with like three interpretations. One is the, the easiest interpretation. And, and what I think the easiest interpretation is, is that the line of Seth had sex with the line of Cain. Mm. That's the easiest interpretation. The men of renown, sure, men that were from the line of Seth, engaged in sex with those who had the mark. The line of Cain, mm-hmm. and out of that came a curse. and And what happens there, in the easiest interpretation, is that those who should know better got with those who didn't know better, sure. and everybody became stupid. And then ultimately, the just flood. Noah. Yeah, the Just <laughs> Noah is the only one who's righteous, and so God has to judge. It. That's the that's the easiest interpretation mm-hmm. from the text. Um, having said that, no one's satisfied with that, and sure. so then everybody just goes off the deep end. And so the sons of God, you know, are the angels. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the nephilim. And so, because when you read that text, it just, it talks about the sons of God and the daughters of men. And then it says, and in those days, the Nephilim, they may not even be connected, mm-hmm. the thought process. So it's, it's really, really difficult. And like, again, I'm, I'm ad libbing here because the question on the Nephilim if, is Donna. It wasn't it was me.
0: Am- I mean, I'm speculating yeah, yeah. because I had never heard anything yeah. that ever, but in that whole passage where mm. Cain and Eve and yeah. crazy things are happening, I'm thinking, okay, maybe yeah. Nephilim.
1: Yeah, no, I, fallen I, angels, but I, I don't know. I think that's a good reach. Okay, <laughs> but I wasn't prepped for that. <laughs> We're yes.
0: reaching. Sorry,
1: I can't. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so so okay, so sorry. So our our, our intelligent host behind the mirror is saying <laughs> that it is a theory online, and that so okay, so I have heard that that okay. um, that the forbidden fruit it, sometimes it's interpreted as oral sex or she had sex with a snake, and they see the snake as a, a penis like figure, but that's just that's just. No that's, that's a, a reach. huge reach. Um and and again, you know, w- you know what it's cuz Adam ate as well. So this right. is just a huge reach here and I think it's people who have an uncomfortable view of sex. They they cannot see sex as a blessed thing or okay. a good thing yeah. um because we got to remember sex is a command, be fruitful and multiply mm-hmm. and so um God is commanding them to engage in intercourse a lot. Yeah. So uh, you know, the problem with Genesis, and this is what where I think people get so wrong, is Genesis doesn't tell us everything. Mm-hmm. It's just stop there. And you say, well, what do you mean? Well, who did Cain marry? Right. Someone. It doesn't say, but there were other people. Who was Cain afraid of? He mm-hmm. said, if I go, I will be hunted down mm-hmm. and killed. Who
0: else was out there? Who else was there? I wrote that in my Bible notes the other day. Like, who is this? Yes. Who did he get? How did they have kids? Who so is so what
1: that means is we're not told the whole story. Sure. We are simply told the story that God wants us to know so that we can get ultimately to Noah and then ultimately so Mm -hmm. we can get to Genesis 12. And so really our story picks up in in Genesis chapter 12 with the call of Abraham, the call out. Yeah. And so if we go back to uh, the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, uh, Deuteronomy, right? So the first five books. So Genesis is Bereshit in the beginning. Uh, Exodus is, uh, oh man, my Hebrew. Um, I'm going to slaughter the Shemayin. The names, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Vaikra, he called out, so it's not, it's not uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Leviticus in in Hebrew. And then Numbers, Bemidbar, the wilderness. And then Deuteronomy is not the second law. So that's why it, it's Deutero in Latin. It's Devarim. Mm-hmm. So listen to this. In the beginning, these are the names God called out of the wilderness to his word. Mm-hmm. That's the fir- f- first five books of the Bible. So it's a story of being called out from amongst evil humanity that, and here's what's so sad in, in, in Genesis, is it seven where God says I, he regretted making man or is it Genesis six? I like God, 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 like has, it six. yeah. God has grief mm-hmm. because everything Everybody they did was, was wicked. Mm-hmm. And so even the line of Seth has become wicked. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's just, it's just so sad. And, you know, and I see, you know, I got a a, a guy uh, Instagram me this week and I actually said, Hey, can you send this question in? You know, he's just, he's just grieving because he, he lost a friend in a car accident and he's just trying to reconcile that with God. And, and, and this is what happens when we don't read God's word. God's mm-hmm. word says the world is wicked and that there are consequences for living in this wicked world. And one of those are I mean, things happen. There's yeah. chaos. Things are broken. And if we if we look at Genesis 3, God created a safe place mm-hmm. where Adam and Eve could exist. And it had a boundary. And oh, by the way, it was protected. And then he kicked them out and he put an angel so that they couldn't come back. Yeah. They had to live in a world that was wild and a world that was dangerous. And my Hebrew professor, um, he's one of his world-famous professor. He's in heaven now. But he has argued passionately that Genesis 1-2 has been translated wrong for 2,000 years. And so Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1-2, and the The earth earth. was null and void. Mm -hmm. He said that is a horrible translation. Mm -hmm. And so the uh, Hebrew is, um, oh man, if there's any Hebrew listeners, forgive me for my pronunciation. Uh, I think it's tohu wabohu is the word in Hebrew. And it's used one other time in the Bible, Mm -hmm. and it's actually in Jeremiah. When Jeremiah looks at Jerusalem and it's, it's burning and it's mm-hmm. destroyed he says it's tohu wabohu it is no longer suitable for man we have mm-hmm. to leave mm-hmm. it's been destroyed so what he's what he says is genesis it should be in the beginning god created mm-hmm. the heavens and the earth and the earth was dangerous and wild
0: mm-hmm.
1: where were dinosaurs yeah, dangerous get, right. and would, wild yeah, right. it's right there so what did god do god carved out a special place mm-hmm. and so that's the problem is when you begin to look at genesis chapter 1 the word for land uh, nation and earth is the same word, eretz, land, city, earth. And so, right. So how do you know when he's talking about the land, lands or the earth? And Mm -hmm. so it's really, really difficult in Hebrews to understand that because, you know, thousands of years ago, I, if you asked, if you asked a Hebrew what the whole earth was, you know, they might think Iraq, like they just don't have that concept. Um, you know, I was sitting with uh, some friend of ours in Africa, and their um, their uh, laundry lady. He was trying to explain to her time zones, mm-hmm. and I mean, she just started laughing. Yeah. She just thought he was ridiculous wow. because in her, when when you say the Earth, for her it's Tanzania, mm-hmm. maybe Kenya. Sure, she has no concept, and that's like ten years ago. No concept of a round globe. That rotates where the sun is, and he has a flashlight, and he has a thing he's right. trying to show her. Because her her question was, "Why are white people always so tired when they come here?"
0: Oh wow! She could she didn't understand
1: why do they want to sleep during the day, sure. and then they they stay up at night. until he's like, right. "But They're, you know, to her the Earth is flat, and and you know, as and she big as it is. that's just yeah. as big as it is. So Tanzania is, and Africa is a big. People don't realize how big Africa is. It's a big place, but it's not the whole place. And so. So it's just really difficult. Genesis is a really challenging book to understand, and it's probably not just Hebrew understanding, but it's other ancient cultures that had mm-hmm. some truth that they borrowed, and they and not that they made it up, but they, it was true. So they put it in the Bible. But really, the Jewish story picks up in in uh, Genesis, Genesis chapter twelve. 12. Beautiful. So, thank
0: yeah. you. I made that question really.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Wow. My name's Donna. I stress Pastor Matt Brown out.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. If you want to learn more about the Nephilim. Mm. Uh, Please
1: give me a week to prep. Yeah,
0: give us some time. All right, this is Samantha. She is nine years old from mm. Riverside. While looking up verses, I came across Deuteronomy 23, one. Mm. Good job for looking up verses, Samantha.
1: Maybe it, not this verse. <laughs>
0: yeah, it states, No man whose testicle has been chopped off or whose penis has been crushed may enter the Lord's assembly. Does that mean that if you're transgender, you can't go to heaven?
1: Yeah, wow, great question. Samantha, read your Bible. Man, parents. The Bible is so funny. We're all trying to protect our kid from Disney movies. And then your kid reads the Bible. And <laughs> it's like, testicles yeah. and chopped. <laughs> yeah, crushed testicles. And... So I think that this verse, Samantha, has nothing to do with heaven. So let's mm-hmm. start there. This verse has to do with who can be a part of the assembly. And so we need to make sure that we mm-hmm. that we understand that. So Samantha's in elementary school. So if she goes to an assembly, who gets to go to that at her school? yeah
0: all the students
1: the students in her school yes not students from other schools Mm -hmm. not students from other places so oftentimes when we think of the the word assembly we think the whole so assembly is a much more narrow word than it is broad and so specifically the assembly are the leaders of Israel those who assemble before Moses so think your rabbis Mm -hmm. your elders your scribes your Levites so these are the religious leaders of our community and so there's some very, very specific rules here. So let's start with the crushed testicles first, and then we'll get to the chopped penis second. So, why would crushed testicles? And so, if you read a commentary on this, you know, Bible scholars really wrestle with this. And so, the first thought is well, this is someone who had this done to themselves to become a eunuch. So oftentimes, if you had men working with your wife or with your daughters, right, you don't want them, because think about it, there's no cameras, there's no security, sure. you're, you're going out at work and you want to make sure that your daughters are not being raped or molested or taken care of. And so unfortunately, what they would do to men is they would emasculate them. And, um, you know, a, a, a blunt force way to deal with testosterone production is to destroy the testicle. So, um, so... But, but I, I don't think that that is the specific usage here. I, th- I think that the concern, and this is my opinion, the concern of the author has to go back to that the firstborn son from every family must be dedicated to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So here's what that means. The firstborn firstborn son must be God's um, unless there's something wrong with him because what's most important 3,000 years ago is the male heir's ability to reproduce children. Mm-hmm. So what God wants is your best, not the son that can't produce what you need the most. And so that's why so many people misunderstand tithing and offering and they give God the couch they don't want. God doesn't want your son who is of no value to your family line. He wants the son whose testicles are not misshapen. There's nothing wrong with him. The Lord wants the firstborn son, which is, think about this, and it's why we misunderstand who Jesus is in the ancient world. And it's just, the entire family's heritage, safety, and well-being is dependent upon the ability to reproduce a healthy male heir. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just is. And so ladies, that doesn't, you know, mean that you don't matter or whatever, but you got to remember most women had major complications in childbirth and many women died in childbirth. And so one of the reasons why societies all across the world adopted male-led communities is because How many men does it take to repopulate a community? Mm -hmm. One man. Mm -hmm. A woman can only give birth once a year. And hopefully she's okay. Um, Madison and I, she's in the studio today. We went to Australia. And I didn't know this. Mail-order brides started in Australia. Oh, wow. And that's because they couldn't keep women alive. So you had these European women that came to Australia, and they all died. And so these guys, and it's why... Australia is so ethnically complex. Mm. They, they didn't care what color the women were. They're like, send them. They yeah. Like anyone, anywhere. And and really, uh, Australia became a melting pot ethnically much faster than America. America starts melting with whites once we get past the Missouri. Because mm-hmm. right, everybody on the wagon train died.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like you and Devo, you start <laughs> off married, you're married to another dude when you get to Denver. Because <laughs> right. because people died. Right. And you know women, unfortunately, couldn't own property and stuff like that. And so you, you had to do what you had to do to make it. But, um, so, so a male heir is so important for the family in terms of its future. And Jews didn't think of the resurrection and eternity the way that we do. When they heard eternity, they would have thought, well, I live through my son. My father right. lives through me. Generational. Yeah, they, they mm. would, they would think of it generationally. And so they didn't understand the concept of eternity mm. the way that we do. Now, not all, some may have it. And for certain in the book of Maccabees, which everyone's like, what's that? It's in the Catholic Bible. Um, I believe it's 2nd Maccabees chapter 16. You guys can check on that. But that's really um the first place where we see the resurrection really clearly talked about. And actually when you read Hebrews 11, it says some suffered so that they might gain a better resurrection.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're
1: like, who are these people? It's sons in Maccabees mm-hmm. chapter 16 mm-hmm. who are being fried in a pan and their mothers encouraging them to not renounce their faith. It's wow. rough. Oh, mm-hmm. the Greeks were the Greeks were brutal. Yeah. Um so so, so that's what I think is. So, I, I think this is this is this is kind of a collection of two thoughts. So, one thought is, okay, you got to dedicate your best, your your best son to the Lord, and don't send him one that's of no value to you. But then we have this other passage. Um, he can't have his penis cut off. And so, here's the thing that we have to remember: it's not just Jews who flee Egypt to follow God. Right. They're a multi-ethnic, mm-hmm. multi-religious society, and why is that? Everybody saw what God did. <laughs> And we forget that. And so it was a multitude, the Bible says, that left mm-hmm. Egypt. And w- what they're trying to do is they're trying to maintain religious purity of the movement, right? Because God calls Israel. And so there are, um, what do you call it? What's the term when you get your penis cut off? Uh, the Ethiopian eunuch. Yeah. There we go. Um, there are eunuchs that are with them. Mm-hmm. So Israel did not have the practice of cutting off penises for worship. It is a foreign form of worship. It is a pagan form of worship. So these eunuchs oftentimes served as either servants in another household or they were priests in another religion. That's why God doesn't want them in his religion. I don't want our religion to be conflated with this. They must learn. So here's where assemblies, they can be a part of Israel. They cannot be a part of the holy assembly. They must be separate. So you're like, well, that doesn't sound fair. Well, then Isaiah comes and Isaiah prophesies. One day, even eunuchs will gather mm-hmm. to serve the Lord. Which eunuchs, those who love and serve the Lord and are loyal to him?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So so even Isaiah is concerned that we don't want this foreign religion bleeding into ours. Um, so these were probably, these eunuchs were probably priests in pagan religions in Egypt where they think about this, they cut their penis off in devotion to their foreign God. Yeah. Now they may not have been. It may have been an involuntary act because they were a slave. Um, where, um, you know, their penis was cut off so that they would be, you know, safe around the women. But th- typically in the ancient days when they did that, they just did testicles because you need your penis to urinate. Mm-hmm. So so I'm not sure where that is. And I, so I think the idea here is emasculation, you know, like yeah. like it, that just what it means. Um, but then check this out. Jesus dies on the cross, ra- raises from the dead. The church is born. And there's this guy in the book of Acts named Philip. And the Holy Spirit carries him yeah. to meet a black guy yep. from Ethiopia who is a eunuch. Yeah, And so he comes, he's a God-fearer, he's a God-worshipper. Think about this, wanting so desperately mm-hmm. to worship the one true God, but he's he's super famous, super powerful from Ethiopia, but he's not allowed into the courts mm-hmm. of the Lord. But the Holy Spirit goes to him, reaches him, and that's why Ethiopia is one of the longest-standing Christian nations because of that man. But the Holy Spirit specifically says, no, no, no. What Isaiah said is now true. Mm -hmm. He is allowed in um, because through Jesus, right? It's the culmination of Jewish thought. Mm -hmm. Everything that Israel is about ends in Jesus. And and we need to know that and understand that. And so they're not excluded from heaven. What they were excluded from Samantha was serving. This is my interpretation, serving in the capacity of a priest or a scribe for the people of God. Mm -hmm. They wanted to maintain that. And so why is that? Because honestly, um, do do you know where your lineage goes back to Africa? Do you know? Do you know what Togo. part? Togo. So, what do you know about Togo I have culture? No idea. So, if I asked you, are you more Togo or American? What would you say?
0: No, the British side is yeah. much stronger. They just. Know but I mean, just culturally. Cult- I don't know much
1: about Togo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you know when your family came to America? I, I hundred years, yeah. years ago, hundred fifty years ago. So, yeah. so think about this, I, and I'm not. I'm I'm asking that because think about if you're in Israel or right. you're a Jew and you're in Egypt for 400 years. Right. You're going to be far more Egyptian right, than you are, than you are mm-hmm. Jewish. And so so much what's what's happening in Exodus is Moses has to teach them to be people of the law. Right. That's already going to be hard because everybody's really Egyptian. Right. So ethnically, right, they're Jewish. Culturally. Sure. They have Egyptian. That's and what do they long for? Oh, we miss the melons. Oh, we miss (laughs) right because they miss the delicacies of living in the world's greatest power at that time, Egypt. Even though they were slaves, and so Moses knows, look, this is going to be a lifelong struggle to get these Mm -hmm. guys because they're really not Jewish. Mm -hmm. Um, They're 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 ethnic Jews, but they're cultural Egyptians, and so we can't have. This is my opinion. We can't have pagan Egyptian priests. Sure. Who saw the power of God? Remember, so this is the thing about you're 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 in Pharaoh's court, and you see, oh, he made a snake. We made snakes, but then his snake swallowed my snake. Yeah. Okay, I'm going with him, right? right like, exactly. they're not they're not or idiots. The water
0: is blood. Yes. we're leaving. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right.
1: But their education and background is not Jewish. Sure. And so God is saying, no, 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 it needs to remain Jewish. Mm-hmm. And so that's really, really important. Um, and then I think there's a the, the next second vers-
0: part of her. Well, she just says, "Does that mean trans?" So she yeah. associated with the testicles being chopped off mm-hmm. and the penis being crushed to transgenderism.
1: Yeah. And so, so okay. So here's where I think there's a similarity between transgenderism and what's happening here. Let's say these priests voluntarily cut their penis off sure. to worship their god. That's what I think is happening with transgenderism is they are voluntarily cutting their penis off, not to worship a God that's out there, but to worship the himself. God that's in here, yeah. and that's themselves. Mm-hmm. I identify as a woman. Therefore, I will sacrifice my genitalia to the God of myself that I believe is feminine. Mm-hmm. And so transgenderism is this heavy, heavy fixation on, on what is not them. It's, it's like a worship. And so Mm -hmm. I'm completely fixated and focused on this and I cannot be who I am until I surrender to that. It's worship. Yes. And so it is a deep rooted belief that I believe is very, very real. I disagree with it, but it's very, very real. And so, um, so does that exclude them from the kingdom of God? No. If they repent of their sin, they place, place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and they assimilate into the body of Christ. Right? So, um, you know, they they change their God. Their yeah. God is no longer their sexual identity. Their God is uh, the God in three persons, the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, right? So God, the Father sends the Son, the Son dies for me on the cross and the Holy Spirit inhabits me as a new person. And I'm now a son or daughter of the King. And even if I've emasculated myself, I've done things I cannot fix. Right. What does Paul say? I put what's in the past behind and I press forward to that which is in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. And I move forward in my new identity, that's not trans, it's not gay, it's not black, it's not white, right. it's not female, mm-hmm. it's not male. And that's what Paul is saying in Galatians. In Christ, there is no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, for we are all, or male nor female, we are all one in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. My identity is now in Jesus. And so, um, can a trans person who has physically altered their body be saved? Of course. Yeah. Because it's not what we've done that saves us. It's what Jesus did. And if I, I'm putting my faith and trust in that. Um, now, if I'm a trans person, you know, this is a whole nother issue. Do, do I need to, you know, how do I live out my new faith when I've switched from male to female? And what I would say is that's where a pastor has to come in. Mm-hmm. That's where a body of Christ and people that love you have to come in and help you work that out. Because... um, You know, like if I'm gay, do I just, I'm just gay. That's my identity. And now I follow Jesus. I got to wrestle through that in community with Christ. If I'm divorced, Mm -hmm. like what, like, what do I do? I have to now wrestle with who I am and who I'm called to be. And then I need to submit that with community and work that forward. And I need a community that's pushing me towards what Jesus is calling me. Not to what culture says is okay, but to what Jesus says is, is I'm called to, and you know that's so important. How do I live my life now as a believer? So, Sammy, that's like the best question I think that we've ever really got. Good. Thank you. You Sam. know, we and need more questions good. from nine-year-olds.
0: Absolutely, very good. Okay, thanks, Sam. All right, Kate from Riverside. Mm. People tend to say that when you die, you go to heaven, but from what I understand, the Bible doesn't say that. The Catholics. Sorry, the yeah. Catholics say it's purgatory. Where exactly do you go when you die? Because don't we have to wait for judgment day and then Jesus will come and take us away? Do I have this correct or am yes. I not understanding? Yeah. It. It's
1: a great question. And mm-hmm. so, you know, um, part of the reason why there's such confusion is because all of the New Testament's language, when it talks about heaven, are signs that point into a fog. Yeah. And so I know that's going to make a lot of Christians who feel like the Bible has every answer very uncomfortable, but we need to understand that, that Jesus doesn't talk a lot about heaven. He talks about the kingdom of God. It's here and now. He talks a lot about repentance. He talks a lot about generosity, poverty. Uh, He talks a lot about a lot of things and he points to um, this uh, here, but not yet kingdom. So it's here, but it's not yet. And so Um, You know, Jesus is speaking to specific audiences about specific things. So let's talk about when he dies and the thief is on the cross to his right. According to the gospel of Luke, he says, today you will be with me in paradise. He does not use the language of heaven. It's not an easy solve. Um, And so what I think is we need to understand this is that when a believer dies, they go to be with Jesus wherever that is it probably is a waiting place. We're not designed to live in heaven. We're not meant to live in heaven. We get a glimpse of this in the book of Revelation when the saints who have been murdered Mm -hmm. say, how long Mm -hmm. until we get our bodies? And so they are kind of placated with a robe. Here's a robe. Mm -hmm. Because they're, they're living in the not yet. And so that's really, really important for us as Christians is they're not in paradise yet, ultimately. They're in a resting place. They're with Jesus. They can communicate with Jesus. Jesus is with them. And here's what's important. They're comforted. But they're waiting for the day of resurrection. So that's where she's right, mm-hmm. is what we're longing for and waiting for resurrection. Uh, here's where my argument breaks down. <laughs> the Apostle Paul says, you know, I was caught up in the third heaven. And that yeah. word in First Corinthians is paradise. Mm-hmm. So it, it can be used as heaven or not heaven. Right. Um but there is a Greek word for heaven and that's not the word that Jesus uses. And so so what I would say is here's what we can say comfortably is that Christians when they die go to a place of rest and they're in an intimate place with Jesus. Yeah. Okay, and we need to know that. But you know, what Jesus is saying in John 14 is that he's going to prepare a place for us. And when it's ready, he's coming back again for us. And so he doesn't say, when you die, you will be with me in this place immediately. He's talking about the future tense and he's preparing that. And so I think, um, you know, Catholics invented purgatory because um, they're trying to understand this question and what happens to a believer who dies in a state of sin. Mm. And so what I think... um, Catholics and evangelicals have missed, and I would love to write a book on this one day. And it's the difference in the English word between condemnation and judgment. And I think a lot of Christians really struggle with the fact that this is not the same word. So, um, my understanding of the English word condemned is you are condemned to die. Judgment, you get a sentence. Mm -hmm. So, the Bible says we will all face judgment. Mm Romans 8.1 says, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So what is John 3.16? What is the gift of salvation? It is the gift of eternal life. Mm-hmm. As a Christian, I don't have to be worried about eternal death. I am yeah. saved from eternal death. That is gone. I will, however, face judgment. Face judgment. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we've conflated those two issues and we need to separate those two issues. And this is why Christians, we need to love God, but we need to live in a holy fear of God. And so many Christians have no fear of God at all. And it's not fear like the boogeyman afraid. It's this just deep sense of awe Mm -hmm. and reverence Mm -hmm. and holiness for who God is. And, um, you know, it's the Isaiah 6, one passage. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Like the holiest angels in heaven are not worshiping. They're announcing who he is. is. Mm -hmm. He's holy. He's holy. He's holy. And when you say something three times in Hebrew, it just means forever. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we got
0: no no. You know, say. it's just put dot dot <laughs> yeah. dot like
1: you just keep going. Like it's mm. not that they stopped the third time. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. look. Forever. You know, this is really really important. And so mm. so what I would say is ultimately what Christians long for and wait for is the creation of a new heaven and a new earth. And what are those two places? It's where they're connected, the way that they were always supposed to be. That's good. And in that new heaven and new new earth, Christ will reign here forever. And um you know, uh, a couple of years ago, you know, this, this young kid and my, my daughter was, I think she was in junior high and one of her friends killed himself. It was terrible. And his um, parents had died in a car accident tragically. Oh my gosh. And people meaning well yeah. would comfort him and say, well, he, they're in a better place. Mm-hmm. They're in a better place.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, in his 12 year old mind, right. why wouldn't I just want to go to heaven and be in a better place? And, 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 and unfortunately you know, I, I told my daughter, there's nobody more disappointed to see him than his parents. That's not what they wanted for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oftentimes we, we've just talked about heaven in a better place. And what we what we ultimately long for is resurrection. Yeah, Life on earth, a new earth without death, without destruction, where the lion lies down with the lamb, where, you know, there is peace everywhere and there's no sickness, there's no death, and all of our tears are wiped away. That's what we're longing for but we have a mission to live and so that's what the apostle Paul said I'm torn between the work I have here yeah.
0: or and, go- and and
1: being with the lord so he so he says he believes and he says I believe that being with the lord is better but he says my work here is more fruitful and so that's what I would encourage Christians even if heaven is better your 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 work on earth is more fruitful and so what god is going to hold me accountable is for what I did here on earth mm-hmm. and so I want my life here to matter and I want to work for the lord I want to produce fruit and so you know, we've, and this is just so sad because, you know, as the church becomes more and more Roman and and more and more Greek, we become less and less Jewish and more and more Platonic. And so Plato, for Plato, right, the flesh is always bad and the soul is always good. Mm. And so that's why in Corinth, Paul says, you know, can the lord jesus lie with the prostitute because what they were, they were thinking was well i can do whatever i want my body because my soul is family. purified and saved and so that's not jewish thought jewish thought is my soul and body lie mm-hmm. together and they are one so whatever my body does my soul is doing
0: absolutely
1: whatever my soul is doing my body is doing they're not separate it's a very very different understanding but unfortunately plato won. and so heaven is great and earth is terrible and awful and that's not what the bible says when God created the heavens and the earth, everything he does on earth, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is good. And so our life here is good. It's, it's not easy because it's fallen, but it produces fruit. And so what we long for is to go be with Jesus and be rewarded for the fruit that we produced on earth and and long and wait for the creation of a new earth. You know, I don't want to be on a cloud singing forever. (laughs) I want to be on the new earth doing things because we got to think about this. Even before the fall, Adam and Eve had work.
0: That's right.
1: It was just blessed work. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, it was working in the field without weeds, Mm -hmm. but it was still work. Um, And so we're going to be able to have purpose, have meaning, be with the people that we love and worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords without sin and death. And so, so just know everything I've said, I could be wrong. Jesus gives us these signposts that are pointing into a fog and we have to be very, very careful not getting too specific on these details because what the Bible is clear about, you're a sinner, you need to be saved, mm-hmm. and the only way to be saved is Jesus. Yes, That is what the Bible is ultimately 100% clear about. Everything else is extraordinarily difficult to understand precisely how that works, and that's why we have Catholics, we have Lutherans, we have Baptists, mm-hmm. we have Charismatics because they're not agreeing on that. We all have the same text. right? They're not agreeing on specifically what it says because there is some vagueness in terms of what it is. You know, Jesus Christ didn't come to tell us about heaven. He came to save us from hell on earth. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, so, you know, cause you could say ask the same thing. Well, what is hell? I don't ultimately know. Jesus just said, you don't want to go. right? So I'm going to trust him. I don't want to go there. That's (laughs) not where I want to be. And so then Christians divide on that. Is it an eternal lake of fire? Is it annihilation? You know, what is it? And people have all these arguments. And what I say is,
0: Don't go. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't (laughs) want to go there. I don't
1: want to know. I'm going to trust Jesus. To be with him is better. To not be with him is hell. And so, um,
0: so Wherever, whatever it looks like, we want to be in Christ. Amen. (laughs) We want to be found in him at the end of the day. Did
1: I answer her question? You did. Okay.
0: Yeah yeah and she says then jesus will come and take us away and does she have this correct but yeah. it's kind of like i think it's the detail of is sure. it heaven is it purgatory sounds like a really scary to me yeah. i don't like that word yeah. i don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, is it heaven is it a cloud is it and what yeah. you're saying is we're not quite 100% sure that yeah, jesus so, gives us
1: yeah food. so catholics yeah things. catholic's understanding of purgatory so they take the passage in 1st corinthians where paul says we will all be judged as though through fire yeah, and so they take that and they just say well for some people it's going to take longer and shorter for others for them, shorter, to, get for others, for them okay. to get through that process and what I would just say is we just don't know mm-hmm. but we will we will stand through a refining fire that Paul says will burn away everything that is worthless
0: mm-hmm.
1: so um, you know but but the purpose is not punishment the purpose is renewal mm-hmm. and so um, you know years ago I had my face lasered CO2 laser and it's it's brutal like I mean, if I showed you, if I showed you a picture of my face after this laser, you would puke. It looks so bad. But what it did is it renewed my skin mm-hmm. and it made it look better than ever before. But there was a period of time of five days where I looked like somebody that needed an offering, right. you know, like it was, <laughs> it was like, oh, my, my wife couldn't even look at me. Oh, no. I looked so bad, but it was a refining fire. Yeah. And, um, so we need to understand that. And so, um, you know, we want to live in such a way not to earn our salvation, but we want to live in such a way to honor our salvation. And, and I just think people don't do that. Yeah, Because so, we've word. made it all about, am I going to heaven or not heaven? And it's like, wait a minute, how are you living? Yeah, that's good. So,
0: Awesome. Beautiful. Those are great.
1: Yeah, those are some tough guys. questions.
0: Those are great questions. Thank you guys for sending them in. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. You can always submit your questions anytime at move.sc forward slash ask or on our app. Yep. Download the app. Thank you so much. See you next time. Bye guys.
1: Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. My book, Every Day a Miracle, comes out March 5th. Please pre-order today. It is a book about a journey towards trusting God who heals inside and out. Thanks for watching the episode.